attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Oh, no. Hello. Welcome to a different 10D. Adam's not here right now, but Dana, I want to play a game. Do you want to be at Disney again? You can if you answer this question correctly. Think hard. Oh, my God. Your happiness depends on it. Which theme park was going to have a ride based on screen? <gasps> no, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're wrong, Dana. You'll get a second chance at happiness again later, but I'm afraid. Poor and paid intern Ryan, he's out. Answer the phone next time or Disney is gone to. Oh my god. How did you find this? Oh my gosh, Dana, are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm not okay. I need to go check on my husband who's in the backyard with my kid right now. <laughs> I just, I, I saw some guy in a black robe with a mask. Come running out of your, like, poking through your window over there, I think. I don't know. I'm going to check out the window. <laughs> what happened? Oh, my Unpay gosh. Unpaid gone. Unpaid um, intern is out. He's donezo. Out yep. by the way of Steve. Oh, Steve. <laughs> um, if you have no idea what we're talking about, we're talking about Dana and I's favorite movie. Our favorite scary movie. Scream. You may be here. think you're here for a Disney podcast, but you're not. Maybe a little nope, bit. We're gonna, there might be a little Disney in here. Okay, there might be, but it's <laughs> unlikely that there's going to be much. We're going to talk about our favorite horror film franchise, which is a complete departure from, you know, <laughs> fantasy land and Disney stuff all the time. But I think I think everybody knows this has been this has been a long time coming because we oh, we yeah. not so subtly drop our hints that uh, the Scream movies are hands down our favorite movies. And I think we've said this before, like we we bonded at work when we first met each other over our love of Disney and then a love of all things scream. And we were like hanging out when they, uh, wasn't it like we were working together when that scream TV show came out on MTV. Yes. Remember that one? Oh gosh. Yeah. That one still bothers me. I only made it through like the first episode and was like, this is not. Oh no. Me. I, I watched the first, I watched the first two seasons and then I watched that reboot that came out like two years later that had nothing to do oh, with yeah. the first two seasons, but they still called it season three. <laughs> Oh, yes. This I know of you because you came in and told me about it every week because our offices were right next to each other. And I was like, I don't care. This isn't good. Let's just watch the trilogy again. Or the at that point, I think all four had come out. But regardless, all we really care about is the is the Scream movies. There's something about the Scream series that just really, like, make me feel so nostalgic for my youth and also, like, terrify me every time I watch them. Yeah. They're, I, I think it's that mix. I mean, it's what Wes Craven, who is the director, um, what he, I'm saying Wes Craven, who's director. Like, if you've listened this far into this podcast, you clearly have some interest in what we have to say about Scream and you haven't clicked over to another episode yet. Also, folks, if you don't care about Scream, you should click <laughs> forward. But this is going to be a Scream-centric podcast episode of Gen D today. Um, no, but what Wes Craven did so well is he, he blended everything. And it's almost like when Scream came out in 96, it was like he had just finally, he was the horror master, but he finally mm -hmm. hit the perfect combination between what he'd done between like the Elm Street movies and others. And like, 
just knocked it out of the park with Scream. And that's what launched a now 25-year strong franchise that, you know, I... (laughs) You all might think I'm crazy, but like literally, so Scream 1 came out when Dana and I were both way too young to see it in movie theaters. And I oh, had yeah. broken both of my wrists biking, and my mom decided to rent Scream for me. What is wrong with her? She's a great mom. So <laughs> mom decided to rent Scream for me, and I'm sitting there. I, I will never forget watching on this little TV in my bedroom with a VCR and my arms in two casts, like elevated on stacks of pillows because I broke both arms, um, watching Scream and just being terrified and also captivated at the same time at the movie. Oh, my God. You also can't turn the TV off if you were scared because your arms were in casts. (laughs) I needed mom to turn the TV off. So then mom took me the next year to see Scream 2 in theaters. She snuck, you know, she... Well, not stuck me in. She was my guardian. And she wanted to go see it because Sarah Michelle Gellar was in it in Scream 2. Remember? Your mom was a Buffy fan? No, my mom is an All My Children fan. And Sarah Michelle Gellar was the original Kendall on All My Children. This is, you guys are getting a look in my brain in childhood. Anyway, um, so that's what she was. We can talk about Little House on the Prairie and my mom all till the cows come home (laughs) because that was our. That was our version of All the Children. But and here's then, my question for you, Adam. Yeah. Pop quiz. What was Sarah Michelle Gellar's character's name in Scream Cece. 2? Okay. okay. Oh, come on. Like, you're not going to stump me on this stuff. I've seen these movies. You know, my husband jokes that I never rewatch movies. I'll watch them. I'll watch a movie once and then I'm good. I don't need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. I will rewatch the Scream movies over and over and over again because they are that good and I never get bored. Same. Even Scream 3, the co- the comedy that is Scream oh. 3. Hey, now I, I like that one. I know I like you that do. One a lot. It's so weird. Uh, <laughs> Courtney Cox is so great, but so we've been waiting. And I remember, like, I remember you and I talking when Scream Four. No, we didn't know each other when Scream Four came out. We knew each other after Scream Four. Well, hold up, we met. No, wait, did we go see Scream Four together? No, no, no. I saw Scream Four. I went to a midnight showing in New York. I was living in New York, and we went to. We saw it at twelve oh one a.m. With a theater full of gays who are all just as excited because apparently Scream is something like the gays are obsessed with Scream. I'm saying this as one we are. I don't get it, but sure. Um, oh, I didn't know. I yeah. didn't know. It was like a theater full of gays in Chelsea seeing Scream at 1201. I saw Scream 4 here in Los Angeles at the Arclight, RIP. I'm sad to oh, say that. So sad. I know. I, know. I cannot it believe not it's gone. Be. Somebody needs to buy that place. And you know, it'd be amazing if Alamo Draft House bought that place. Yes. And turn it into like a beautiful Alamo and save the dome. Like that dome is just, oh, anyway. Gen D podcast, everyone, sponsored by Alamo Draft House. Um, Well, (laughs) I got to tell you about the time I first saw the the first scream because now that you've told me about, I can never picture, I can never get that image out of my head of you in double (laughs) arm casts watching Scream for the first time. But for me, I was in eighth grade. This was probably 1999 or 2000. So I think the first two movies were already out by this point. But I'm at that impressionable age of 13. I'm at a friend's birthday party sleepover. And this was a cool friend, my folks. She was super hip and cool. And she had a 
a awesome sleepover party with the coolest kids there. Then somehow I was invited. And her mother let her go pick out movies, and she had an older sister. So that's the key here, folks, is she knew what was awesome. So she got Scream, the original. We pop in the, I think it was a DVD, but DVDs were brand new at this time. We watched the DVD, and her family also had one of those, like, big, giant TVs that was, Amazing. like, Hulk and huge, but because it was new technology, they had it. Her dad was a doctor. Um, and so we start watching this movie. We get into the first five minutes, the Drew Barrymore part, and just the the horror that is the first five minutes that is so exciting I mean, that scary. is – I think it's, like, ten minutes almost, and it is one of the, if not the most iconic – Poor sequences mm-hmm. ever. Like, forget Jamie Lee Curtis and all the Halloweens and their psycho with the in the shower. Like, it's on par with all of those. The absolute genius behind that, and the fact that Drew was originally supposed to play Sidney Prescott, and then was a producer on the movie, and went to Wes Craven and was like, "Let's make everybody nuts and kill me off in the first ten minutes," and that's how yeah. she became Casey. Yes. Well, my 13-year-old mind did not know any of the, like, strategy of Hollywood at this point. I'm just purely in it. Got popcorn. I'm in my limited two pajamas. We are just having a great time. This whole scene happens. I think we're at mid, like, bite of pizza, and all of us are, like, screaming at the TV and super terrified. And so... Ashley, her name was Ashley, of course, her mother comes running out. I was like, this this movie is not not great. I don't want to hear from all of your parents. So she turns it off. We go through about our business for the rest of the evening. Parents go to bed. Ashley's like, we're turning Scream back on. And we, (laughs) all 10 of us girls at the sleepover, watched the rest of the Scream not once, not twice, but four times over. We stayed up all night and we just watched oh the gosh. movie on loop and just could not get enough of it. And we were all so <laughs> terrified, but just excited. And I could not stop talking about it. And here's why I know that the second movie had come out by that point. And not only had it come out, it was already on TV because this was around Halloween time. Ashley's birthday was in October. And so My dad, I was telling my dad the entire plot of Scream because I have no chill and I just had to tell him everything. And my dad's like, oh, okay, Scream 2 is on. Like he looked at the TV guide, 2000 folks. He looked at the TV guide and was like, Scream 2 is on tonight. And so he and I watched the like PG-13 version of it that night on TV, on like TBS or something. You watched Scream 2 with your dad. I saw it with my mom. Oh, I love that. Okay. So we've been waiting. So so Scream 3, you know, I know you love Scream 3. I love mm-hmm. Parker Posey for Scream 3. Like, I wish she had survived because I could use some Parker Posey in Scream 4 and Scream slash Scream 5, whatever you want to call it. But she didn't make it in Scream 3. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Scream 3 was what it was. But what I loved is that it came full circle and it ended what you thought ended Sydney's story, like in the drama yeah. of Sydney Prescott and why she'd been targeted for all these years and all that stuff, because they very last minute, by the way, created the storyline of Roman because the whole original plot for screen three was meant to be um, a bunch of high school kids getting killed. And Sydney comes back and it turns out Stu never died in the first one. And he was orchestrating this whole thing. Um, 
he orchestrated two and then he was orchestrating three and like all this like a cult of ghost faces in three mm. were attacking people, but they did away with that at the last minute because Columbine happened and they were like, mm, maybe we mm. shouldn't have a high school massacre of ghost face. So okay. then they rewrote three and that's why we got what we got <laughs> out of three. Gotcha. Um, okay. But then we waited 10 years for there to be another one. And I lost hope. I was like, they're never going to make another one. Like, why? Why? It's done. We have those three. We'll be able to watch them for years and years and years and whatever. And then number Screen four comes four. out. Yeah. Which was supposed to be the start of a new trilogy. Oh, it was? Yeah, but well, it bombed I, at the box office. That's a bummer because I really like Scream 4. I do too. I don't get the people. I think it was, I think you and I have talked about this, that it was 10 years ahead of itself. Like oh, a yeah. commentary. Because the thing about Scream like it's always been a commentary about society and societies and fandom and all this stuff throughout all of them. So like scream four was literally like, you know, Emma Roberts is plays Jill Roberts, Sydney's cousin who we've never heard of before. And also Sydney's aunt that we never met before through all of these. Yeah. That's the least plausible of the whole plot. In my opinion, I know, but that reveal when she took the mask off, I was like, what? Like, you did not expect it to be her. Because they were setting it up like she was going to be the new Sydney for the next three movies or something. And then, boom, turns out she's a killer. Side note. Sorry, I know way too much about this. Side note. uh, If they had made Scream 5 right after Scream 4, which is what Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven originally wanted to do. Uh Scream 5 was going to be Jill gets away with it. She's in college. And somebody knows what she did. And is coming after her as Ghostface. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. And I just Sydney, don't. I just don't like. I don't need any Emma Roberts in my life. I didn't think she was a good killer. <laughs> I don't think she's. I'm gonna say it right here. I well, have no filter. Dead, so. I. I don't like spirit jerseys, Jill and I don't dead. like Emma Roberts as an actress. So there you go, folks. Well, <laughs> you don't Disney. have to worry about it because Jill Roberts is dead. They reshot the ending. Um, and apparently, we're supposed to stay. They never. You notice how like every screen movie, they always shoot. The killer in the head. They go for the yeah. headshot, right? Mm-hmm. Emma Roberts didn't get shot in the head. She got shot, but she didn't get shot in the head. Oh, yeah. I mm. guess so. So yeah. I think if they wanted to, they could have gone on with it. I don't know. And then the other, oh, the other interesting thing, because it was the, we'll get to the new one in a second, but the scream was like, as the opening to scream four was like stab within stab within stab or loved whatever it. it was. I loved it. Yes. So apparently Kevin Williamson's original script for the opening was Sydney was supposed to be the opening attack and survives and kills this ghost face that there's like some other ghost face that comes after and is revealed in the opening. Mm-hmm. They were going to turn it on its head. No, I don't like that. Sydney was going to be the that. one attacked. Nope. Yeah. Well, instead you got the very meta, meta, meta thing. So. Which I love, which made it too ahead of its time, in my opinion. And also Kristen yep. Bell's in it. So how can you hate that? And I Anna Paquin. Kristen, and Anna Paquin. I know. And Amy Teagarden from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> I know. Have you watched this new Kristen Bell show on Netflix? That's no, like, but I hear good things. Apparently, if you like Scream, it's supposed to be really good. So then another 10 years goes by. And I remember I may or may not have a Google News alert set up for Scream. There's oh, news. I, this does not <laughs> shock me. Not in the so, slightest. I think when they announced it, you were the very first person I texted, and I was like, "Could I had no chill then. I was like, oh my God, they're doing it. It's coming. We're getting a fifth screen. 
I know it was a decade ago, but it really felt it, Adam. I, it felt like that was so long ago that you were like, it's going to happen. I'm like, sure it is. And it didn't. It didn't for uh, 10 years. Even to the point where when I worked at one of my TV networks I worked for, we took a lunch with the publicist from the Weinstein Company back pre the Harvey Weinstein stuff, but when the Weinstein still owns Scream. And I 100% just asked a publicist. I was like, so is there ever going to be a Scream 5? <laughs> She was like, she had no answer, but I had, again, no chill, did not care. Yeah. So we got it, and then they announced that the trio were coming back, the Holy Trinity. Yep, who are David Arquette, Courtney Cox, and Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell, Gail, Dewey, and Sydney. The Holy Trinity. They are like the Holy Trinity of yeah. horror films. Yep. Okay, so this movie, we finally got to see it. We got to see Scream 5. And I guess we should say now, spoiler alerts because we're gonna have no chill here either this is a spoiler zone so if you have not seen scream five and you're planning to see it i would skip ahead or maybe just skip the rest of this episode um because we're gonna go right into it but if you have seen it which you should have by this point because it's been out over a month and it's um, made crazy money i don't know who hasn't seen it during the height of the Omicron variant, no less. So it somehow um, like destroyed the box office. So anyway. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. We're going to do a very spoilery Scream 5 yep. quick review of what Adam and I thought of the movie. 100%. Okay, Dana, question. Yeah. Should we just cut to the hardest part and get it out what, of the way? What is it? I cried. I think we just have to go there. I think we just Aww. we talk about this and then we can move on. Okay. Can I, I, can I guess where? Can I guess where? Wait, first yeah, off, did you cry in, in multiple places or just one spot? Just one spot. Well, it was, no. Twice around the same thing. It was Dewey's death. You cried at Dewey's yep. death because I cried at Dewey's death. I was, could not believe I cried during a Scream movie seeing Dewey killed. It was, oh, and then it was Gail who called him that snapped... Also, hold up, by the way, little ghost face killer. How did she? Because it was it was Amber. It was Amber. Was the one who killed him. Wait, we're getting uh, ahead of ourselves. Let's sorry. talk. Anyway, let's just talk but, about Dewey's death. Let's give Dewey his due Dewey diligence here. Dewey. Um, I would I cried too. I got pretty teary-eyed in that spot. And I was like, no, not Dewey. I knew that. Of this trilogy, somebody had to go, and Dewey seemed like the best option for it. But I was really sad to see that he had to die. I thought that the, his death was, like, well done for what it had to be. Yeah. I probably oh, cried because epic. the music was very emotional in that moment. But, um, yeah, it was it was intense. I did not feel like they needed to kill him, if I'm being honest, based off of how, how the end of the movie operated. I didn't yeah. think they needed to, but I knew that they would. Well, Courtney Cox said they did film, and it was by her urging, they did film an alternate where he didn't die. Mm, they but didn't they use it. obviously didn't use it. Um, well, and Matt and Tyler, the directors, had said that they did film it, but it wasn't even really usable. They just kind of did it. But they knew they wanted to kill Dewey. And I think it's just... Oh, it's Dewey. He's been through so much. And like when they showed him in this sad trailer that he was living in and there was like Tatum's ashes on the mantle and yeah. he was just sitting there watching Gail do her morning show. I mean, oh, gosh, it was I it know. was done. That was done really well. That I thought it was too. 
and, and that he, was true. It was sad. It did, they didn't make it all flowery and and perfect. His life, um, it, you know, obviously. And I also appreciate that they didn't have to go into detail explaining what happened between him and Gail. We don't need it. Obviously, it didn't work out. We all know that he's the brakes and she's the gas, and she's a she's a heavy foot. Like she's a lead footed gas. I wouldn't want to be married to Gail Weathers. She would be super intense. So I appreciated the fact that they didn't go into the backstory. They were just like, this didn't work out. Well, he lives in a trailer park now. They kind of didn't, but then they like rushed like ten years of expose into three lines. When Gail and Dewey run into it, mm-hmm. like see each other outside of Judy's You're house, right. and they're like, yeah. and he's like, I'm sorry, I left in the middle of the night because I couldn't take it. Blah 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 blah. And she's like, Well, why did you have to leave? And da 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 da. It's like the writers were desperately trying to I figure out how to that. cram that backstory in in like three lines. Can we back up and just talk about exposition in general? I know it is like <laughs> the number one key for any horror film is to add in more exposition than necessary, but this one was overkill pun intended but they just did not need to give us so much exposition about all the backstories it was like hey this is my sister i'm the sister of this girl this is my sister we're sisters like stop telling us all this See, it didn't really bother me mm, i, just I, thought, I it was thought a little like, too much i thought okay well let's just go to the beginning jenna ortega okay. if people could win oscars for horror movies she should get one jenna ortega was amazing like just I no offense to um Melissa Brera, but like Jenna acted the crap out of that role. Like she was just great. I, I thought yeah. Jenna Ortega was amazing. And Melissa was good, but not Jenna Ortega good. Um so the opening I thought that conversation with her and Ghostface was the best since the first one. Mm-hmm. And that whole scene was done so well. And that terrifying, like doors locking, doors unlocking, like just throw back a little to the original with Amber sitting in there and like her threatening ghost face threatening Amber. Throw back a lot. It felt like I was watching <laughs> the same scene from, you know, Casey Becker getting killed. I like I was like, you guys did a great job here. I loved this. I agree with you about Jenna. She did a fantastic job. Loved the intro. And I love spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I love that she didn't die at the very beginning, but you didn't know it. But she couldn't because it was the whole thing to bring into Melissa Brera, Sam Carpenter back. Jenna's (laughs) sister. sister. And if you don't know it, they're going to tell you 47 times in the next (laughs) two minutes. Okay. They do do that a lot, especially when she and Richie are sitting at the bowling alley and she's like going through the whole thing again. We get it. It was, it was too much. It felt like I was watching a scene from Tommy Wiseau's the room. It was like, this is you, my wife. Like it was like the same thing over and over again. This is, this is my sister, but my sister, my sister and I don't get along. Let me tell you about how my sister and I don't get along. This is my sister. Did I mention this is my sister? Oh, and here's my boyfriend. I'm going to mention that 19 times to you that this is my boyfriend. Like it just was too much. And I don't need, I, I got it the first time folks. Okay. So Sam comes to town with Richie, her boyfriend, uh, Richie, who's like, I know nothing about what happened in Woodsboro. Oh, I'm clueless. <laughs> right. So they get to town and they go to the hospital. What was your reaction when Sam looked in that mirror in the hospital? Initially, I was like, oh, interesting. 
when she looked in the hospital, she saw a former killer. And I was like, oh, she's channeling. Is she going to channel all the killers? And my initial thought was all of the killers from all of the movies are going to come back in her little like angel and devil kind of situation shoulder. So my thought was she was going to see all of them. And I was very into it. And the the whole movie is going to be to show up. Yes. If Laurie Metcalf showed up, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so here for this. Roman, like all of them pop up. Very into it. But then when I they they were like, again, with the exposition, this is my dad. My dad was a serial killer. My dad was Billy Loomis, you know, famed serial killer of the Woodsboro killings. I was like, oh, you're clearly not the killer then because they're trying too hard for us, the audience, to think you are the killer. Um, I will say I loved it because I love cheesy throwbacks like that. I love that Skeet Ulrich was in this. I love Skeet Ulrich anyway. Like, yeah. I, I just I like everything he does. And I love the fact they brought him back in. I know the CGI was like people made fun of the CGI from it being like, uh, what's wrong with his face? But they tried and they tried to de-age him. It was fun. I think it, they tried really hard to keep this a secret. And like. Um, I think what blew it was um, Mary Shelton, Shelton, right? Who plays Judy. Yes. She had posted an Instagram post saying, oh my gosh, just wrapped on scream. It was so much fun and tagged everybody who was in the cast and tagged Skeet Ulrich. And then people saw it and like she quickly took it down and he was suddenly not tagged in it anymore. Yeah. Because they were trying to keep that completely under wraps. Um, but anyway, he... <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was a cool throwback. I liked the idea behind it. I liked how he popped in a couple more times, like in the rearview mirror. And then we'll get to the final act in a second when he appeared there. But yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was it was fun. It was cute. Um, But it was just to me a fan of horror films. The moment I realized like and she started telling us like this is my dead dad who was a serial killer. uh, Then I was like, okay. So she's not the killer. She's the protagonist. And now I'm just looking at all y'all because it's not her. But yeah, I I liked it. I enjoyed it. You know what? A lot of people on the Internet have been like, oh, it's like when uh, Sydney's mom showed up in Scream 3. Like, I hated that bit when she showed up walking oh, as a the ghost woods towards Sydney's house as a ghost. And I was like, yeah, I hated that. But this I got because this was Sam obviously has some mental health issues. She's popping those pills for because she hallucinates and sees her dead dad. Like this is not a new thing for her to see Billy yeah. show up. And I think this is like it was actually like showing her mental state that she's got some stuff going on up there, which I think they're going to play into in the next one. Is my mm. guess. Well, I'll just say this. My favorite scene of the entire movie was the very meta moment where they explained requills to the audience via Randy's cousin. She, I don't remember her, the actress's name, but she was great. I loved her. And I loved explaining requels. And, I love that she lived. Yeah, I did too. So I thought that was really fun and also loved to see, um, oh my God, what I'm blanking on her name. Martha. Um, Martha Meeks. Yes. But, but what's her name? I like her. In. Heather Matarazzo. Heather Matarazzo. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I love her. so great. So great so, to see her pop in there. 
my favorite scene. I love just like I loved um, Scream Three, which was a movie within a movie, and why I love the beginning of Scream Four, which was also a movie within a movie. It, I love anything that's going to be kind of a call out, tongue in cheek, meta moment, yeah. and this movie had that in spades. So I loved it. The rest of the new cast was just kind of so so for me. The sisters were good. Mm. Um, the cousin was good, but everybody else was just throwaway. And can we just talk about the other sad part? Nev and Courtney's Judy. lack of. Inf- oh, okay. Never well, mind. we'll get Go there. Ahead. Judy and Wes, mm. like mm. that, to me was tragic. Like Judy desperately racing home to get home to Wes. Also, mm. the amazing throwback to Psycho having Wes in the shower and like just the payoff to that because it's always a woman in the shower, topless and blah, 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 blah. And like that they use Dillamanette to do it. And like he was named Wes after Wes Craven. It was a whole reason he was given that character's name. And but that scene was probably the best scene in the film was when Judy's killed on the front porch. Also, when has Ghostface ever done somebody in like that in broad daylight in the middle? Like, Ghostface is ballsy. Randy. Randy. Yeah, but that was in the truck. That was in the movie, in the TV Still truck. terrorized him throughout True. the campus. True. All right, yeah. Also, uh, hello, um, Jada Pinkett Smith. No, but that was in a movie theater. That was at night. I'm saying like broad daylight out in the but open. It's in front of people. It's in front of like a hundred people. <laughs> but as people Sydney in the said, audience. they all thought it was a publicity stunt, and she was disgusted by it. Anyway, um, so Wes's death scene when he is setting up the sushi dinner for him and his mom. There's the note on the fridge that she left lemon squares in there for him, and he's got everything. But the way it was directed and shot. Hats off to them because like every door he opened, you thought Ghostface was going to come out from behind the door and like every sound and this and that. Yeah, a lot of good jump scares. So many. And they like lulled you into this sense of, oh no, Wes is going to be fine. And he's going to open the front door and see his mom go, oh crap, Wes is now. And then when Ghostface just appeared, that was just brutal. Like absolutely brutal. And I love Dylan Minnette as an actor. Like I love 13 Reasons Why. I think he's great. And that was just, oh. That was such, such a, that was probably the best scene in the entire movie was their death scenes. Can we also call out that before 13 Reason Why, he was young Jack from Lost. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was young Jack. That's the first thing I ever recognized him in. Totally forgot about that. He looks just like that actor. Why am I blanking on his name? From Lost. So I guess we can jump to the final act. Uh, when they're at the party at, by the way, like, what were they trying? Were they really trying to not make you realize it was Mm. Stu's house until like that big opening shot? Yeah, this was ridiculous. This is where overall the movie lost me. I Mm. did not. Yeah, I know. I love, I love the movie up until the finale and I taking it a step back. I was disappointed right before we got to Stu's house in the the grand finale. I was disappointed that they did not give Courtney and Nev's characters more playtime. But they had nothing to do. No, they were walking props. And so that disappointed me. These two really like robust characters we've followed for four, you know, movies at this point were just kind of like, hey, we're literally in a waiting room. Like in a waiting room, just hanging out here, having zero conversation and just 
yes, they had a couple really cute one-liners between each other, but they were reduced to nothing, in my opinion. And so then when we get to Stu's house, where I'm like, okay, well, here is where we're going to really bring in our legacy characters. And again, everything kind of fell flat. We were watching a, in my opinion, a poor cable version of the first Stu's house scenario where it just was like, okay, we're just rehashing the same old tropes. You think somebody's going to die in the basement. We're going to play around and actually they're not going to die in the basement, but we're still going to kill a bunch of people in the exact same house, but we're not going to call out that this is Stu's house quite as elaborately as we probably should have. That's the one spot. I think they should have called it out more. Yeah. Okay. So one thing I loved was the actual party. And there's a reason behind that. It's because it was for Wes. It was a party for the character Wes. But literally written for Wes. <laughs> for Wes. And so literally the the other the whole point of that scene in that party was a tribute to Wes Craven, who had died. Right. So it was for Wes. The party said for Wes and it was all the stuff. Obviously, it was about Dylan's character. But, you know, we get it. What I think was amazing is they reached out to previous cast members from the previous four films and all got them to voice over the that scene where they all do a toast for Wes. All the voiceover, it's not the characters, not the actors who are in the house. They went and got VO from all, like, Randy, Stu, um, uh, um, uh, I didn't oh my know gosh. This. Hayden Panettiere's character, Kirby. Um, Kirby. I think... I think Emma Roberts wasn't like they just got all these former cast members to put lend their voices to that scene. And then um, Stu is actually in two scenes. He's in that scene yelling cool house bro, or cool dad bro or something some throwaway line. Yeah. And then he's also the voice of Chrome face, ghost face and stab eight that Richie's watching on his <gasps> laptop. Really? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love Matthew so, Lillard. So it's cool that they brought them all back for that. And that was a really, it's a nice, now that you know that all those actors' voices were in that scene as like a tribute to Wes Craven, that's kind of cool. I that is that. cool. Okay, I, I didn't know that, and I like that scene more knowing that information. But I do so, still think that it was still the poor man's version of the original. Yeah. So, okay, when Gail and Sydney realized that they had gone to Stu's house. I wanted more like, oh my God, like tear out of them. Like, we can't go back there. Like, what? What? Oh no. And then they just show up. And then, like, maybe at this point, after four other run ins with ghost faces, they are like they were in the movie, just over it. Right. They were like, Mm -hmm. oh, screw it. Here we go. Let's just do this. Right. Like, yeah. And fine. Um, However, I thought the. I thought the reveal just, I was disappointed. I was too. I, I did not love it. I really it. wanted it to be somebody from the past that came up, like, because I wanted we were it at to be Stu's Stu. house. I wanted it to be Stu, and it should have been Stu. Because that, it would have forgiven all of the, like, mediocre involvement of Nev's character, Sydney. 
throughout this entire movie. But if Stu showed up, and even if it was this is Stu and this is Stu's like what what was she, she just bought the house or her parents bought the house was her like parents bought the Stu's motive, house. yeah, which is a super slim motive. But if it was something like well, no, the whole thing was what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. toxic fandom, where we're breaking it down completely. That was the whole thing they were playing. Yes, was the idea of toxic fandom. Yes, you're right. But I still think it was thin. I just wanted them to be like, hey, this is Stu's here and this is Stu's daughter or cousin or even if it was like uh, she's a fan and Stu happened to live still on the grounds. Like something to bring Stu back. You could have still saved him. He was only death by TV falling on head. So I think he could have probably survived and they wouldn't have known it. Well, somebody has already made a fan poster for Scream 6. That is Ghostface with a light. You can kind of see it's Stu's face behind the mask. And it get, all the line says is surprise, Sydney. Oh, I like on the that. Bottom. But that's <laughs> such a fan thing. I never trust I the fans. And I am. Um, so I loved Amber as the killer because she was crazy. Like just that scene, like the other best scene in the movie, which I just got an absolute <laughs> kick out of, was when Sydney and Gail are out front. And she comes out of the house. She's like, help me, help me. And Sydney and Gail are like, what do we think? Trap, trap. And then she's like, oh, f- it. <laughs> yes. I was like, yes, this is amazing. And then just even when she goes, welcome to the third act, like when she revealed herself and just shot that other girl. But I don't remember. Yes. Live or something, whatever. Was it live? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It just like point play. She didn't. She's like, ha <laughs> get it. <laughs> When she's like, she's not the killer. <laughs> yes. Her, and she's like, welcome to the third act. The I did love that. Richie did not surprise me at all. Mm-mm. Although he was a really I good. I want this to be known that fan favorite Carly, who, you know, our 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 pal Carly, who's told us all about working on Expedition Everest. I sat next to Carly, who was, by the way, at that sleepover with me at Ashley's house oh, in wow. 2000. Comes full circle. Um, it does. So she's sitting next to me. Carly is. And the second the boyfriend comes on the screen, he hasn't even said a word. She goes, it's him. He's the killer. That's the I knew it the second they cast him in it. The second Jack Wade was cast in Scream, I was like, he's a killer. Because he's so good in The Boys on Amazon. Like, he's also um, Rutherford or something. I'm going to say it wrong. On Star Trek Lower Decks. And he's hilarious in that. Um, but here you go with Star He's Trek. just got this like I know you know it's coming. Um, he's just got this psycho thing to him, and I was like, he's a killer. They only cast him because he could play this part. So their motive sucked. I hated it. I hated the motive completely, and I hope they redeem themselves in six. Um, what did you think of the very ending? Well, the two endings. One, I absolutely loved Gail and Sydney taking down Amber in the kitchen together. Yeah. Yep. I did too. Finally, it was like, yes, they're doing something. <laughs> yeah, they're doing something. They have a routine. It felt like we were watching a gymnastics routine where they were like, your turn. And it was like a pass the baton and we're going to kill her with flames. Um, so I was very into it. But I'm also, to I was into. The, oh, well, the second was, act. But, yeah, but I was into Sydney's line when she's going up the stairs and is on the phone with Ghostface. And she's like, I'm bored of this. And just starts shooting. She's like, come on. So, okay. When Richie's revealed to be the killer, 
the fights happening in the same foyer to the house where the first one ended. Sydney, you know, is in the kitchen dealing with Gail. Sydney's stabbed. Gail's shot. Amber's on fire. And, <laughs> and then out in the living room, Sam and Richie are fighting. And it looked like Sam, like Richie was going to get Sam. And then Sam yeah. looks in the mirror and there's Daddy Billy Loomis staring in the mirror, pointing her towards a knife on the ground. Nope. I was nope. out. I, that's, that was the moment <laughs> I was like, Mm-mm. no, no, we don't need this. Like, it's, it, I know it's a horror film. I know that we have to do so much physical and, and like verbal exposition, but we did not need this. We got it. They've told us, they've beat it into our brains 70 times over that this is a, the daughter of a dead serial killer. Oh, I loved it because first he looked over and you saw the umbrella yeah. in the in the thing. And I thought, oh, she's going to grab the umbrella and do him like Sydney got billy with the umbrella in the first one and i was like oh, oh yeah see? but no but- then there's the knife handle down there and she grabs the knife then she went bat crazy on him i did like that i did like that like billy lady revenge it wasn't lady revenge like that. like that little like the idea that serial killers have some weird thing in their brain that might be genetic like Something switched because she went nutty on him. Like, yeah. didn't just kill him, like, <laughs> butchered him. So, nah, I'm- I I saw that as Lady Revenge. I saw that. I like. I know that they want to be like, look, she's the daughter of a serial killer. I think that that's what they just want to beat into our brains. But honestly. I think if you are there in that moment and you are a woman and you have had a man nearly kill you, you are going to do whatever you can. And when you have the upper hand, you're going to go that crazy. So that's how I took it was she is taking her life back and not letting this person kill her. Okay. So real quick, would you watch it again? Absolutely. Of course. I can't wait for it to be on streaming. I'm buying it the second it's available on iTunes. 100%. I can't wait. Okay. Real quick, before I get into a very, very fast version of the vault that has to do with Scream and Disney, um, mm-hmm. Scream 6 got announced. <gasps> yes. It's happening. They're yes. shooting it this summer, which is crazy. And I am, even though we just nitpicked through this entire one, I 100% will be there opening day to see Scream 6 because I Obviously. cannot wait. Um, quick predictions. Go. What do you want to see? What do you hope you see? Well, I already said it, but I want to see Stu somehow involved in the story. And frankly, I want more of like the Randy's cousin involved. I don't remember her name, but I really liked her and I want her to have. a And her brother. And her brother. Wait, who's her brother? Yeah, Mason. Mason Gooding. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s kid. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was like it was like Who the whole movie is- was like kids of celebrities that we know from 20 <laughs> years ago. But I did. I do want to see her some more. Um, the sisters were fabulous. I can't wait to see their interaction. I just hope that Sydney and Gail get to have more reason to be in this. This and not be walking props, please. Hollywood, the place I live, do not do them this way anymore. And I'm not saying it's necessarily Hollywood's fault. Who knows? It could be contracts. It could be however the cards fell for this type of movie production schedule and various 
global pandemics. When we shot it during the height of the pandemic. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I recognize that, but like, let's fix that. This is your next chance to really like, whatever you have to do, pay all the big bucks to the Sydney and Gail so that they can actually be in this movie. Okay, so I I have a few wants predictions. Um, Kirby Reed from Scream Four. Oh my who God! Is hands Thank down you, for- Kirby, the best yes. character in Scream Four, behind next to Sydney and Gale. Um, Hayden Panettiere is a amazing. fabulous actress, and she, yeah, she is, is so and great. She, in that that movie. scene when she's on the phone doing the like Casey Becker horror film like yep. thing with Ghostface. Mm. Yep, iconic. So. But the debate for the last 10 years has been, did Kirby die? Because you never actually saw her die on camera. And if you listen to the final act of Scream 4, you hear they all turn. There's like a very slight thing, but it's like a door is shutting when Jill and Sydney and the other the other killer, I always forget who he is, are sitting up in the oh, kitchen. Yeah. You hear a door shut and they all kind of look over and nothing's ever said. It's Kieran Culkin. And Wes Craven, Kieran Culkin's Wait, character, on. but. Yeah, yeah. Whatever his name was. was. Anyway, but Wes, but it was never said if Kirby survived. And Wes had said in a couple of interviews, Wes Craven, he was like, yeah, I think she lived. You never saw her die. And they confirmed in this one, it was a very small Easter egg I, that when Richie is watching YouTube videos, there's it says Woodsboro Survivor Kirby Reed exclusive interview is one of the like suggested videos to watch. Also, when Dewey is calling Gale, you see in his mi- blinking, you miss it, but in his missed call screen on his phone is a missed call from Kirby Reed. Yes, too. I know. So, yeah, Kirby is alive and well, and she like, and apparently the directors talked to Hayden about this film. And like they wanted to include her, she lent her voice for that for West Toast thing for that scene. But they couldn't. They said they didn't want to bring her in if it was just going to be like a minute thing, like cameo something. So my hope is she's taken she's taken time off from acting. She kind of retired to like raise her kids and not really do the Mm -hmm. acting thing anymore. But I am hoping, hoping, hoping they get her back for Scream Six and to see her with Sydney because she and Sydney had that scene down there in the or in the pool room or whatever that was in Scream 4. But, like, I want more from Sydney, more from Gail. I want the story to come back to Sydney. I think there is a way you can tie in Sam and Tara with Sydney, obviously because Sam is Billy's daughter. Hello, there's that connection. And who is Sam's mom? And I hope to gosh... It is one of those two girls bimbos from the bathroom and scream one where Sydney's <laughs> hiding in the toilet and the two women are like, oh my gosh, Sydney, da 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 da. Like, it is one of them it is Sam's mom. A hundred percent. Anyway, I, hope so too. Um, I loved it. I can't wait to spend the next year Googling this one and then we'll do this again like next year when Scream Six comes out. But Adam, you have to tell me your vault. Oh, the vault. You have to. Yeah. Okay, I've been teasing this for a while. So, Scream comes out, box office smash, right? Scream 2 comes out, which is arguably the best horror sequel ever made in the history of horror sequels, Scream 2. I know you don't mm. necessarily agree with me, but it I don't. is. Um, come on, the, the chase, the, the car scene with the detectives when Sydney's having to get out of the car and climb over Ghostface, heart pumping. Anyway, they have I think Halloween that. 2 is a better sequel. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. Anyway, so 
uh, all of a sudden everybody's trying to cash in on this scream thing because it's like it's making crazy money at the box office. Video sales are through the roof. So. And also, let's call it what it is. It's the late 90s. So everybody is all about consumerism. So Disney is working on this little roller coaster at Hollywood Studios. Stop. And they were apparently in talks. It wasn't going to be the Aerosmith rock and roller coaster. It was going <gasps> to be no! the Scream roller coaster. Like Stop. Ghostface themed. Oh, yeah. Like it was a whole thing. Um, that didn't happen. And then the Universal tried to get the IP to create a scream like walkthrough attraction or something like that at Universal Florida. Um, but that never happened either. So we almost had a scream attraction in our beloved theme park instead of rock and roller coaster. And frankly, I would have loved it because like my friend, I have done a scream attraction at Universal. It was at Halloween Horror Nights and it was really cool. It was my first, maybe my second year at Halloween Horror Nights out here in California. And it was um, the back lot area where War of the Worlds set and and the Grinch is. And they had Ghostface coming out at all spots at you. And it was really cool. And it was in honor of Scream 4. So I guess that was 2011. That would have been fun. It was fun. It was really cool. um, Well, we almost had a permanent roller coaster for Scream that would have been themed <sighs> with Ghostface and everything else. But I think the powers of be at Disney were like, maybe not. <gasps> Adam, I predict right now that we have a high likelihood that we are going to get a Scream 5 Halloween Horror Nights maze this year because the movie just came out. It would make sense they'd want to cash in on that franchise. They've already done it before, so. Depends on how much Universal wants to pay Paramount for the rights. Well. I just told you they did it before. They'll do it again. Well, it wasn't owned by Paramount then. Now Paramount owns Scream. True. True. But how many? I bet you they'll still want to do it. Universal's in the market to always be paying for IP. So (laughs) like, just put it in our park, please. Um, All right. Well, anyway, I hope you all thank you all for listening to our our little Scream centric episode. We'll be back next year with Scream 6. <laughs> we promise continues. we won't we promise we won't be doing this all the time. This is literally the only movie franchise review that we will ever give you, but it will I can't be promise that if there are casting announcements about Scream 6 that pop in that they don't get slightly dropped during Gen D regularly, <laughs> but it might just happen. Um you you're here, like you're it. here for it. <laughs> all right. Well, Adam Adam, can we make a promise that if Halloween Horror Nights does say that they're going to have a scream uh, uh, maze that you and I will go to it together? Yes. Okay. Yes. Done. Perfect. 100%. Of course. All right, everybody. Have a great week and we promise we'll be back with the happiest place on earth and we'll check in on uh, poor intern unpaid intern right make sure Ghostface didn't gut him like a fish or something oh, no. he's been surprisingly quiet in the house I haven't heard a peep since Good we started <laughs> <laughs> alright All right. have a great week everybody bye everyone <laughs> <laughs>